I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class a show that explores the ups and downs of everyday history. I'm Gabe Lussier, and in this episode, we're talking about how the Hawaiian Kingdom became a territory of the United States. And spoilers, it wasn't by choice. The day was July 7th, 1898. President William McKinley signed a joint resolution annexing the Hawaiian Islands to the United States. Previously, Hawaii had been recognized internationally as a sovereign nation under the rule of Queen Liliokalani, and it may very well have retained that sovereignty if not for the creeping influence of Sanford Dole and his fellow American businessmen. The first known settlers of the Hawaiian Islands were Polynesian voyagers who migrated there sometime in the 8th century. The original native society developed around a caste system and was eventually divided into four distinct chiefdoms, Hawaii, Maui, Oahu, and Kauai. In 1810, about a thousand years after the first people's arrival, King Kamehameha I united those chiefdoms into a single royal kingdom, which he then ruled himself until his death in 1819. That same year, Hawaii welcomed the first Protestant missionaries who had come from the U.S. and England in hopes of converting the Hawaiians to Christianity. In the decades that followed, they established churches and congregations throughout the Hawaiian Islands, gradually changing the culture and religious life of the people who lived there. In the 1830s, the westernization of Hawaii was kicked into high gear by the arrival of American business investors. Lured by the promise of fertile volcanic soil and an ideal climate, wealthy American planters bought up large tracts of lands on the islands 
and began planting non-native cash crops such as coffee, sugarcane, and pineapple. The resulting plantations changed Hawaii's economy through the introduction of capitalist systems such as private land ownership, taxation, and wage labor. In recognition of the many rapid changes the islands had undergone in just a few short decades, King Kamehameha III voluntarily gave up his absolute power in 1840. The king remained the ceremonial head of the new constitutional monarchy, but from then on, he worked with a house of nobles and a house of tenants who represented the citizens. One of the king's first major acts under this new system was to send delegations to the U.S. and Europe in 1842. He did this to help shore up Hawaii against foreign invasion by establishing the island's presence as a sovereign kingdom. The mission succeeded the following year when many of the world's major powers, the U.S. included, signed treaties recognizing Hawaiian independence. Unfortunately, America's businessmen made no such acknowledgement themselves. Hawaii's fertile soil and close proximity to the states had long made it a tempting target for a coup, and in the late 19th century, Sanford Dole and his fellow plantation owners attempted just that. If the name Dole sounds familiar, it's probably because of the Dole Food Company, the world-famous pineapple producer that's largely responsible for that fruit's presence in Hawaii today. The company's founder, Sanford Dole, had made a fortune in Hawaii in the mid-1800s, and as a way to exert even more control over the islands, he partnered with other American businessmen and lawyers to form the so-called Hawaiian League. In 1887, the group sent an armed militia to force Hawaii's king, David Kalakaua, to sign a new constitution. Known as the Bayonet Constitution, it transferred most of the monarchy's power to the legislature, a ruling body whose elections were rigged in favor of white interests. Four years later, King Kalakaua died and was succeeded by his sister, Queen Liliokalani. After taking the throne, she actually refused to honor the Bayonet Agreement and tried to revise the constitution to return power to the monarchy. As you might imagine, though, Sanford Dole and his cohorts weren't happy about that development. So in January of 1893, Dole organized a so-called Committee of Safety and then laid in wait near the Queen's Palace. They were soon joined there by 300 Marines from the USS Boston, who had been called in to protect Dole's committee by the U.S. Minister of Hawaii, John L. Stevens. The action marked a turning point in the businessmen's struggle for control of the Hawaiian government, as the presence of U.S. Marines provided tacit government approval for Dole's coup. It also left Queen Liliokalani with no choice but to surrender in order to avoid a full-blown war. The Queen held out hope for years that the U.S. government would come to its senses and recognize Hawaii's sovereignty once more. But as you likely know, that never happened. President Benjamin Harrison liked the idea of annexing the Hawaiian Islands after the coup, but after losing his bid for re-election in 1893, the final decision fell to his successor, Grover Cleveland. In 1894, an impatient Sanford Dole asked President Cleveland for permission to proceed with the annexation of Hawaii. Instead, though, Cleveland called for a special investigation into Dole's bloodless coup and it was soon determined that Queen Liliokalani 
had been overthrown illegally. In response, the president ordered the American flag to be lowered from all Hawaiian government buildings. He also recommended that the queen be restored to her throne, but Dole flatly refused. By that point, he and the safety committee had already established a provisional government in Hawaii, and instead of giving up that power, Dole doubled down by proclaiming Hawaii a republic and installing himself as its first president. It was a deeply troubling turn of events for native Hawaiians, especially since the rest of the world was just sitting by, watching the coup unfold. Even the U.S. president had admitted the takeover was illegal. Looking back on the ordeal, President Cleveland later wrote that, quote, the provisional government owes its existence to an armed invasion by the United States. By an act of war, a substantial wrong has been done. To the nation's great shame, that wrong was never corrected. President Cleveland was unwilling to overthrow Dole's government by force, and his successor, William McKinley, eventually negotiated a treaty with the Republic of Hawaii, lending further legitimacy to Dole's rule. In response, the island's native inhabitants organized to assert Hawaiian independence. They mounted multiple rebellions and signed numerous petitions in protest of annexation, sometimes garnering signatures from more than half of the island's indigenous population. The people of Hawaii were clearly opposed to annexation, but in the end, their consent was deemed unnecessary. American leaders had flirted with annexation for some time, but never felt fully justified in claiming the islands as U.S. territory. That finally changed in early 1898 with the outbreak of the Spanish-American War. Part of the conflict was set to be fought in the Philippine Islands, and the congressmen who supported annexation were quick to point out the strategic utility of the Hawaiian Islands as a mid-Pacific fueling station and naval base. The argument proved convincing, and on June 15, 1898, the House of Representatives passed the so-called New Lands Resolution with a simple majority vote of 209 to 91. Then, three weeks later, the Senate passed it as well, by a vote of 42 to 21. And on July 7th, President McKinley signed it into law, making the annexation of Hawaii official. In case you're wondering, that action did nullify Sanford Dole's power as the President of the Republic of Hawaii. However, it hardly mattered, as he was immediately reinstated as the first governor of the newly formed Territory of Hawaii. Over the course of the next 50 years, Native Hawaiians endeavored to make the best of their situation by working to achieve statehood and the full rights of citizenship. There were numerous setbacks and painful losses along the way, but in 1959, Hawaii finally joined the Union as the nation's 50th state. A bittersweet victory, to be sure. I'm Gabe Lusier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can always send them my way by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. 
Thanks to Chandler Mays and Ben Hackett for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again soon for another day in history class. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.